Good evening, brothers and sisters. This is your founder and host of KYP Alejandro Ibrahim coming to you with another round of conscious news and information. Today I have a guest with me, Ruhama Bakele, if I'm correct, my brother. He uh yeah. he, he currently attend um what university again, brother? Colby. Yeah, Colby University. Yeah. Full scholarship. Brother went out there and got the job done. So we are proud of him. I attended high school with his brother. And today we're going to be talking about the division tactics used to divide uh, people of the black diaspora, black people around the world. As I said, KYP is not just exclusively to America, it's to the whole black world. So again, we want to talk about that. So first of all, I would like to ask you, brother, um, where did this division all start from? It kind of just happened out the blue. Like, how did this start? Did it start with the Berlin Conference? Did it start with the slave trade? Like, where did it really start? Um, you can't really put like a time or place where it started. Um, I think it was it was manifested by the Berlin Conference. But I believe that like it started way before then too, though. Um, yeah, and and I like the video that you made though. The way we have been manipulated. Um, I've, I've watched it twice now. Yeah. Uh, so I've been I've been trying to expand on that, trying to think of like other ways. Um. That, that white people have used uh, to like subjugate and oppress um, minorities and uh, especially black people, black people. And um, yeah, I don't think you can like for sure say like what time or what day or what year even um, that oppression started, you know? That's true, that's true because we've been in this for a long time. Yeah, for sure. Um, do, you, do you think that colonization really put a stain on Africa? I mean, I believe it did, but do you think, though, in the sense that we won't ever be able to come out of it? Because you look at Africa today, you know, France, they're in, they practically own a lot of former colonies because they pay colonial tax. Yeah, they you still got, um, yeah, yeah, you got, um, I mean, you got the Chinese now. The Chinese are literally coming in and infiltrating African societies. Um, Nigeria, uh, I think it was um Zamba Zambia and Zimbabwe. They said Zambia is literally owned by the Chinese now. They own the country. So, you know, number one, which is do you think colonization had a serious effect? And how are we gonna repel these threats, especially by the Chinese of today and their presence within Africa? Um, I think that like we, we should really look at our history. Um I think there's a lot of uh, historical similarities between like all regions that have been uh, uh, oppressed or colonized. Um, there have been divisions on the basis of, um, I would I would say like five main divisions. Um, the one really important one is ethnicity. Um, it plays a really huge uh, part in separating the, um, the the population to make it easier to colonize. Um, an example of this would be um, even in even in Ethiopia. Uh, the Italians used uh, lies and false rumors to to create like a, a sense of distrust between the ethnic tribes, um, and that's the biggest difference between um, 1890 and 1936. Uh, the two wars fought between Italy and Ethiopia. Uh, the, in 1890, the Ethiopians were they were they were all um, united against the same cause uh, under Menelik, um, but in 1936, the Italians started this rumor where um, they, they, they said that the Amaras uh, poisoned 
the Oromos and somehow they believed that and they kind of fought against each other and they made the Italians a lot easier to beat the Ethiopians. Um, so it's, it's kind of like those, those, we have to, we have to look at uh, history in terms of uh, the, the divisions and like the, the basis of those divisions. Um, another, another, uh, division was skin color that you mentioned and the, the way we've been manipulated. Yeah. Um, like the dark skins versus the light skins. Uh, I know this is a very big problem in a lot of countries around the world, uh, especially India with the caste system, which was also created by the British. Um, so it's, it's a lot easier to control a people if they're not united. Uh, another, another form of division is occupation. Um, and they did this with the Hutus and the Tutsis in Rwanda. And uh, another is eugenics, or the belief that one race is biologically superior to another. This was done in the Holocaust, which is the most famous genocide. But I would say, I'm not, okay, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say that because that might make me seem like, you know, anti-Semitic. But, the, well, they were do, they was doing that. The Germans was doing that stuff in Namibia. Yeah, way that's what before. Was, that's, what was, that's what I was yeah, about to say. Way before Nobody that knows happened. about the Herrero genocide. Oh yeah, nobody knows anything about that. They locked them up in cages. They were pumping stuff. The Germans went to Togo and was spreading. I think it was hepatitis. So they did all that. So what happened to the Jewish community? We understand was a great is a great um, wrong that was Injustice, done to them. Yeah. But it was done to black people historically before. way before. You understand? And that's where some people might start calling me all the honey being anti-Semitic. I'm not. I'm just being real, though. That's where you can tell that, you know, the power lies within the people. The Jewish people are some of the biggest financiers in the world. They're able to get that story out there. But for us, people today, as I speak, are just now learning about the Herrero massacre, the things they've done to them there, and other things that they have done experiments on African people due to the lack of caring about African people on the world scale. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the Herrera genocide literally sets the foundations for the Holocaust. I mean, there are so many similarities between the Holocaust and the Herrera genocide. Um, I, like, a lot of the policies that have been implemented in the Holocaust were actually in Africa before by the Germans. Um, it's like the idea of concentration camps or concentration camps was actually created in uh, Namibia against the Herrera and the Nama. They used concentration camps way before they, they even thought of the Holocaust. Um, they created race laws, uh, which was very prevalent in the Holocaust, but it was way, it was, it was utilized a lot more in the, in the Herrera genocide. Uh, there's a, and this is the most important German philosophy. It's called Weltanschauung. Um, it's a superior, it's, it's the belief that Germans are superior to non-Germans. And this is what created the rise of um, fascism. And this was seen way before in Namibia. And um, yeah, so, and there's, there's another word called Wernicke-Tungskrieg, which is the annihilation of an ethnic minority. Another similarity in the Holocaust and the Herrera. Um, but uh, I mean, Africa has been like, has been oppressed by German a lot. <laughs> I mean, uh -huh. yeah, like a lot. Oh, uh, yeah. And this idea of eugenics, um, um, 
it really contributed to uh, the Holocaust, but also to the Herero genocide because not a lot of people know this, but they, the Germans actually said like getting rid of the Africans were, was for public health, for public health mm-hmm. reasons. They were, they were calling them like dirty and like disease filled and stuff like that. So they kind of just, they're justifying um, the, the genocide. Uh, so I think it's very important to study the Herero genocide because it sets the foundation for um, every other genocide. Um, it's the first 20th century genocide and it's not well known. Yeah. And then today, uh, you know, pertaining to the people of your nationality, there are Ethiopian Jews who have now gone to the land that they claim to be their rightful land, which it is because we are, I do believe we are the true um, Jewish people, have gone to Israel now. And in Israel, they're, the Jewish, the, they have sterilized our yeah. black women, which is, which is kind of, it's disheartening because those same people who founded that nation, which historically was stolen from the original Palestinians, now are treating people are now oppressing people when they were formerly oppressed. Yeah, no, the oppressed becomes the oppressor. I mean, exactly. Yeah, it, it's crazy. Said. And what's sure. weird is that as black as African people, we've never done that in South Africa yeah. till today. We white people still control the economy. They still own eighty five percent of land in South Africa here till today, even yeah. though they were, even though we have the power. You go to Namibia. The whites own Namibia now. They, they still have economic power in Namibia. You go to Africa on the whole, whites are still on top. But you never see these black nations ever oppress whites or any other minority. And I know some will say Idi Amin, but Idi Amin, he saw that the um, East Indians were making more money, were making money off the backs of his native people. So that's why he got upset and he tried to exile them. You understand? But it's funny now how everybody has a global oppression against black people. It's just it's mind boggling. Um, the problem is that we're we're so separated by like so many things. Like yeah, like occupation. Um, you wouldn't think that occupation would separate us, but it really did. Like the the Germans in Rwanda. A lot of people. I don't know if a lot of people believe, like understand that the Germans were the first to colonize Rwanda before the mm-hmm. Belgians, but um. They socially engineered uh, the differences between the Hutus and the Tutsis. They, they were the sole reason for the Rwandan genocide because they, again, they 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 use the they use eugenics to kind of prove that the Tutsis were superior to the Hutus, which created animosity between the two. And they get, they gave the better jobs to uh, the Tutsis, and they kind of elevated they socially elevated the Tutsis' role in society over the Hutus, and this created. A separation between the two, which they're they're completely the same. They're they're, they're the same people, yeah. but they've they've socially divided the Hutus and Tutsis, which made it a lot easier. Um, because in every in every colonial uh, country, um, there has to be a a conspiring class, which means there has to be a a class that conspires with the oppressor. Without a class that conspires with the oppressor, there is no oppression. Um, you cannot gain a foothold in a country if no one lets you. So the Germans kind of treated the Tutsis better than the Hutus, which um, the Tutsis in, in, in exchange kind of gave Rwanda to the Germans. Um, and it wasn't until World War I where the Germans lost um, 
the the Hutus took over with the Belgians uh, because the Belgians went on the Hutu side. And that's what created the Rwandan genocide. And something so trivial, trivial like occupation, like made a huge role in the, Rwand the Rwandan genocide. Mm -hmm. And we have to because... understand that, we have to understand that no matter what type of black we are, we're all the same people. And I yeah. think that's one big takeaway from Rwanda. Yeah, because if I'm correct, Dr. Amos Wilson once said, there cannot be white domination without black participation. Yeah. If you look yeah, at every, sure. if you look at every place they've colonized, they've always yeah, had a black class willing to help. When you look at African colonization, a lot of people don't understand and you know they don't want to admit this, but Africans were helping topple other African empires in order to do it because you have groups like in um in Ghana, present-day Ghana, the Fante, they made a treaty getting protection, I think, from the British. And with that, the British used the Fante to defeat the Ashanti, defeat the Ashanti Empire. So you have many instances where Africans were being pitted against other Africans. You look at Nigeria, they were pitting everybody against the North at times or against the South or other parts of Africa to like get what they wanted because they use divide and conquer. That's why Nigeria has a lot of ethnic problems somewhat today. Or you look at um, when they defeated the, um, if I'm correct, when they defeated Shaka, no, not Shaka Zulu, he was dead by then, but when they defeated um, the Zulus at the time, they used other Africans to oppress other Africans. So it's, it's very interesting because the British would make treaties with different tribes, but also use them to turn on each other, which is very that's, interesting. That's exactly what happened in Palestine. Yes, um, exactly. They, it's exactly like word for word what happened to Palestine. They made the British made an, an agreement with the Jews and, and the Arabs, and then they pitted them against each other to gain control of the mandate of Palestine. Um, I mean, the the nineteen fifty six Suez uh, crisis it was created by the French and the British. Um, they basically told the Israelis to march down to Egypt and to start a fight with Egypt, so the British and the French can gain control of the Sinai. And um, I mean, it's sad that it's sad that they can keep getting away with it, and so we don't keep we don't learn from our mistakes, you know. Yeah, um, we don't. We don't. Which is another thing. Re religion is also a big problem. That's why. That's what I was going to talk about too. Yeah, that's why Pan Africanism to me, you know, it has it's cultural for me. Pan Africanism is cultural. I ain't got nothing to do with religion because whether you are Hebrew, Israelite, was tell five percent nation, nation of Islam, Christian, whatever. Black people have all had a hand in it. When you look it up historically, we've all had a hand in it. We've all had a hand in it. So religion is another thing they also use. You say you're going to speak on that, so I'm going to let you speak. Yeah. Um, hold on. I'm trying to get my book. Yeah, take your time, brother. Um, this book right here, I mean, I, I love this book. Like, I, I finished it a few days ago, and I love it. Um, it's called Black Theology and Black Art by James H. Cohn. And um, it talks about how Christianity was used to oppress um, to oppress black people and to keep them docile like slaves, right? And I mean, and this 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 book kind of like kind of redefines Christianity, and it gives it it defines Christianity in modern day terms. Um, it connects it relates Christianity with uh, black power and black liberation um, because. Uh, slave masters used to use it to keep blacks as slaves, um, but a lot of people don't know that. A lot of people say that the, the like the Bible can be used to enslave people, mm -hmm. which it could, but that but you're seeing it from the white perspective. You know, True. you're seeing it with white context. You're not seeing it 
through the black people's eyes because when when the black slaves started to read and they started to read the bible they found liberation within it and this this uh james cone he really i mean this is a really good book he goes into how christianity is black power and jesus christ is not only physically black but ideologically black um yes. because jesus is with the oppressed and the oppressed people are uh black people so That's definitely ideologically and physically black, uh, jesus was black um and he goes into how uh Black churches, black churches, priests, the war, they were a really good source of finding motivation and, and inspiring black people into fighting for their freedom. And um, like there was an orator, his name is George Lawrence. Uh, he talks about how uh, love and social love should be embraced and um, loving yourself and loving others uh, or loving other black people is important into finding who you are and to uniting against the oppressor. And mm -hmm. freedom can only come from the love of, uh, freedom can only come from social love. Um, and Christianity has a big part in loving yourself and others. Um, yes. But James Cone, uh, James Cone kind of says that uh, you can't love your neighbor, which is the white man, if you don't love yourself first. And to love yourself is to remove uh, what white people think about you and the white structure. Mm -hmm. And you have to love your blackness before you can um, understand white people, I guess. That's the biggest problem. Because a lot of us, we, we love white people out of fear because we're afraid of them. But, you know, there's something called, I, I heard a saying when it said, come to fear no man, but get to know him. A lot of people don't really know the white man. They don't know the oppressor. We think we do, but we really don't in a sense that we come open arms, but we don't really understand the global role they've played in you know, building empires, taking over stuff. That's why a lot of people gotta do their research and history on the essence of the oppressor. And another thing is that um, Nat Turner's Rebellion, the Stono Rebellion, those were Christian slaves who rose up through the teachings of their Bible, of their holy book, to fight oppression. So when people say, oh, religion, I got this, the problem is the way religion is taught. It's not the religion itself. I can teach you to be to be docile under Christianity, and I can teach you to also be strong under Christianity. Yeah, of course. I can teach you to be docile under Islam. I can teach you to be strong under Islam. When they did the revolt, the Bahia revolt or the Malay revolt in um, Brazil, they believed that the people that they were fighting were infidels, and they were committing a holy war against infidels as slaves because they believed they were holy people. So that's why they were trying to overthrow the whites because they understood that they couldn't do that. Um, I think Duty Bookman, he was a former, he was a Muslim and he also did African spiritual systems as well. And he also believed that, you know, the God that he served was stronger than that of the oppressors because the oppressors God was wicked. He was evil, he was cruel, which he was because many people don't understand that European Christianity is made up. Yeah, no, it's, it's not the same as the actual, yeah, it's not the same with the actual Christianity. Like if I'm correct, you practice um, the Ethiopian Christianity, right? Uh, I'm Pentecostal. No, you oh you Pentecostal. Yeah. Okay, but in Ethiopian Christianity, from what I understand, they celebrate Christmas on January. They don't even celebrate in December. So a lot of people don't understand the differences between the religion and how some have been rewritten and be taken out because they had a slave Bible where they would actually take pieces out of the Bible. Yeah, so the, slaves the, the entire understand. Exodus book it was taken out. 
because they didn't, yeah. the masters did not want them to read about the Israelis um, freedom from Egypt. Yeah. And they didn't want black people to understand that the same story in the Bible was that of their own. Yeah. And that they could actually come out of that, which is funny. Yeah. Man. Well, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for coming on, brother. I want to appreciate it for you um, sharing knowledge on here. Thank you very much for coming. I hope you're doing good in school. I know semester starting back. Yeah. <laughs> it's getting rough, but yeah. we're going to make it. So I want to thank you. All right. Thank you um, for having me. Oh, you're welcome. Anytime, brother. Want to come on again? Anytime. But um, thank you for all that viewed in today. Um, Hotep and stay safe. All right, you too. All right. <laughs> Adion. <laughs>